Hello, everybody. I know that I uh, maybe sound very distant and I look kind of shadowy, at least on the Zoom. Uh, but I wanted to share uh, the Yucatan jungle with you. Uh, it's not that I knew that we're going to have a storm and I escaped out of LA. I wish I could take credit for that. Uh, but it's not very nice to take credit about escaping some weather. Uh, I'm here in uh, Tulum, as you can recognize, maybe some of you. Uh, the jungles of Tulum because Gurumuk, who is a very good friend of mine, turned 80. So I came here along with other friends to uh, celebrate her 80th. It turned out to be that while in uh, Los Angeles we are having snow. Uh, here, uh, to be honest, it's um, not very typical Tulum weather. We have uh, a lot of rain, a lot of uh, seaweed, and it's, uh, the, the sea is almost untouchable. So uh, for those of you who stayed in L.A., and didn't come with me to Tulum, uh, not that I invited everybody, I'm sorry. Uh, you're not missing that much, to be honest. Last time I was here was 2005. Uh, it was a retreat that we did for yoga. And I remember um, uh, doing a past lifetime regression. We did this meditation on a past lifetime regression. When we came out of there, uh, the first signs of Hurricane Wilma uh, started hitting uh, this area. This whole place was completely destroyed. Um, what was it, 2005. So when Gurumukh invited me here, she told me, um, you know, be careful, you're going to fall in love with Tulum. I said, well, I don't know if I should be careful or if Tulum should be careful for me because last time I was there, there was this crazy storm. Uh, William, uh, Wilma, not Wilma from Flintstone, Wilma the hurricane came over and destroyed everything. And I'm coming here today and it's almost the same way. Not that we have a hurricane, but I think it's probably some kind of reaction of what's going on in uh, the northern um, part of uh, America. So anyway, I'm here. Uh, that's why you look at the shadow. I try to bring my um, um, light. So on Instagram, it actually works really well. I have no idea why um, this camera is having a hard time with uh, uh, adjusting to the light. But I hope you can hear me at least, if not see me, and you see the, the ghost. Maybe I can uh, do some uh, sign language for you guys. But it's kind of nice. I like it. I'm wearing white, so I don't know if you can see. Anyway, for the Zoom people, uh, you can zoom into the uh, uh, to my shadow. Anyway, what I wanted to talk about first of all uh, is um, what's happening this week. And I hope you can hear me. There is a, a little bit of a fountain. There is a sea and there is uh, some uh, also noise coming from uh, uh, the ocean. So I hope that uh, you guys can still hear some stuff. Um, and um, let's start off with looking at the week ahead. Uh, let me see, because I think I have it ready. Yep. Uh, so I wasn't even sure we're going to have good internet or not because of uh, the little storm we're having here. But so far, so good. Let us hope. Anyway, today, uh, March 3rd, 2023. Is it March 3rd? Today is March No, 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 no. See, it's already starting. Today is what? Uh, the 26th. Yeah. So today is the 26th of February. Uh, today we are in Pisces. Uh, moon in Taurus. It's ex it's uh, at the edge of Taurus, but it's not going to have... We're not going to have any moon void, of course, because uh, Pluto is at the edge, edge, edge of Capricorn. That means that whenever the moon is in an Earth sign or um, actually whenever the Earth is... Uh, the moon is in the Earth or the moon sign, uh, uh, water sign, we're not going to have any kind of... 
moon void of course which is great because we're not having any retrogrades we're not having any eclipses anytime soon and at least until march 23rd we're going to have less and less void of course just because pluto is sitting at the edge 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 of capricorn and that means that the moon can always interact with pluto before she moves to another sign which is why she's not so much void of course uh, these days which is great for us because if you need to accomplish new things start new things this is a great time to do that Today, what is interesting is Venus's conjunction with Vesta. I think we talked about it a little bit. We have an interesting conjunction of two asteroids and two planets. The asteroids are, I consider to be benevolent overall, and Venus and Jupiter are considered to be the grand benevolent, meaning that they are the best planets um, that you can have. And they're coming together in Aries, along with Chiron, the wounded healer, Jupiter, the teachers of the gods of Jupiter is expansion opportunities uh, Vesta the keeper of the hearth the keeper of the flame and of course uh, flame is related to fire now we have these four heavenly bodies conjuncted together in Aries which is the spark the, the fire sign the cardinal fire sign and then we have Venus in Aries Venus is in exile in Aries she'd rather not be in Aries but you know what if she needs to be in Aries she likes to be very close to Jupiter anyway so she's kind of fine with that it really helps us with everything that has to do with relationship, partnerships, all of that. So what is hap what's happening today actually is a great day for physical activity, initiation of new things. If you want to start a healing project, that's a great time. A teaching project, a learning project. This is a great day to begin these kind of things. The moon is in Taurus, which is the moon of success. It's going to move into Gemini. So that's going to really be helpful uh, Monday, tomorrow, with everything that you want to start. So tomorrow is actually a great day to initiate things. Moon in Gemini is going to come closer and closer to Mars, giving a lot of action to your emotional needs. You know, when we are acting out of emotions, when we're pro pro projecting information with emotions, uh, they tend to stick longer. So what we're going to have is a great connection between Venus, Vesta, Jupiter, and Chiron tomorrow with the Moon and with Mars. Uh, what we have also today, which is interesting, is um, the moon being at the edge, edge, edge of Taurus. Like we said, it's a very practical, pragmatic moon. It's a moon that is associated also with Virgo. So anything to do with health, diet, work, routine, it's a great time uh, to start uh, today. We also, you can see in the chart, if you look at the chart, there's a beautiful trine that is getting stronger and stronger between the south node and the sun and the north node. And um, Mrs. Uh, Athena. So what we have, Miss Athena. So what we have is actually a trine of water. We have the sun sending great energy to the North Node, which is always about karma. So good karma is downloaded to you right now. And what that could be? Things that you've done in past lifetime, especially in relation to studying wisdom, justice, is coming back. You have a way to retrieve it. It's almost as if something you dropped off in a past lifetime and suddenly, oops, I dropped this. I can pick it up. So it could be a skill, a talent, a connection with somebody that is coming back right now. That's because the sun is seven degrees Pisces right now and the south node and the north node are seven degrees Scorpio and seven degrees Taurus. Obviously, they're opposite to each other. So there's a beautiful triangle of good karma happening today. Has happened yesterday if you met new people new connections this is a great time right now to bring wisdom into your life especially 
uh, the type of wisdom that is watery, meaning emotional wisdom. So we're talking more about not a very dry, intellectual, objective wisdom, but wisdom that is more coming from inside, more subjective and more emotional. So tomorrow, the day of the moon, the moon is shifting into Gemini and she's going to come in contact with Mars. Again, Mars on top of the moon happening tomorrow, Monday, the 27th of February. You know, it might be a little bit intense in the sense that um, there could be some clashes or you might say certain things that piss people off. You're going to see tomorrow in the news or if you follow... Um, any kind of information coming from outside of you because Gemini is very objective. We talked about it. It's information coming from out to the in. There might be a lot of flaring of uh, conflicts or situations that could be a little bit more towards a fight, a war. Just because the moon on top of Taurus tends to ignite things, especially emotional things and especially things that come from uh, communication. The moon is also sending a, a, a square to the sun and it just talks about lack of satisfaction, a general lack of satisfaction. So if the coffee doesn't taste as good and the uh, breakfast is not as uh, enticing as it used to be, just don't take it personally. It's uh, not the cook's uh, fault. It's uh, the sun and the moon not getting along very well. What we have is the sun in Pisces, which is very mystical, very emotional, very sensitive, very... Uh, touchy and the moon in Gemini which just says things as they are and sometimes we're not used to listening to these kind of things so there's going to be a little bit more conflict also conflict between father mother certain kind of people or bosses or superiors that could cause some friction or issues but the moon being on top of sorry Venus being on top of Vesta tomorrow is really good for you know, what do we need? Uh, the hearth. Uh, Vesta is the goddess of the hearth. For me, it's the pilot. You know, the pilot that ignites. Ignites your water heater. Ignites your oven. Uh, ignites yourself. So if we talk about a spark that's opening, that's kind of flaring, tomorrow is definitely when it's happening because we're going to have Jupiter, the uh, expansion, kind of like inflation energy, on top of Venus, which is, again, beauty, art, justice, fairness, equality, everything that has to do with design, relationships. On top of Vesta, the hearth, like we talked about. You're bringing the relationship home. Or you yourself bringing something back to your uh, origin, in a sense. And the fact that we have Vesta, Venus, Jupiter, and Mercury, and Chiron connecting more and more and more in the next few days, you're going to feel it. Either it's going to feel like a traffic jam of energy, especially with Aries, which is all about pushing energy. You might feel less uh, patient, especially on Monday and Tuesday when the moon is also going to be in Gemini, which is also all about speed and movement. So we're going to have Mercury and Saturn together in Aquarius, air sign. Moon and Mars tomorrow in Gemini, air sign. All that fire igniting the air, the air, oxygen, igniting the fire. We're going to have a very masculine energy tomorrow. And when I'm talking about masculine, it means about action, making things happen, starting new things, boldly going where no one has gone before, kind of like pushing everything that you can towards a manifestation. It is not necessarily a time of contemplation. It's a time of action. So Monday and Tuesday, as long as the moon is in Gemini and the moon is going to send beautiful energy to Venus tomorrow. So anything to do with art, design, like we said, even he, uh, helping yourself with relationships or healing relationships that has to do with home and family will also be very, very positive uh, in the next um, two days, Mondays and Tuesdays. Just be careful because the moon, like I told you, is squaring the sun. So while mother and father might be having some hardships, uh, the rest of us in the family can actually connect. Especially, it's really good for women when Venus and the moon 
are aligned together. So even though it's a very masculine day tomorrow, we have that beneficial energy of Venus and the Moon, which represents feminine energies, sextiling and coming together in a very, very good way. Um, also tomorrow, yeah, the the Sun sextiling the North Node, the South Node is going to continue tomorrow, maybe a little bit also in Wednesday. But the peak of that beautiful karmic positive energy is coming uh, today and to and it's coming actually on uh, tu- Monday and Tuesday. If we look at uh, Tuesday, February 20, what, 8th? February 28th, the moon is still in um, Gemini. Let's say if there is any kind of fights, they might more come Tuesday than necessarily Monday because the conjunction between Mars and, and, the, and uh, the moon is going to be more powerful on Tuesday. That's when it's going to really hit a very strong um, level. But uh, the Jupiter and Venus conjunction is definitely happening February 28, 29. Now, this happens about once a year, that conjunction between Jupiter and Venus, and it's a very auspicious one. We always look in the chart to see where is Jupiter, where is Venus, to get the rope, you know, to get some kind of help. To get the... But uh, on um, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and maybe Thursday, we'll check, that conjunction is perfect. So this is a perfect day. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for dates, for going online for the first time to find your partner, maybe um, asking your friends at that time, hey, I'm ready for a relationship. Do you know anybody that you can introduce me to? Because on um, the 28th, ah, there is no 29 or there is no 29? Yeah, there is 29. I never remember with February what's happening. No, I don't think there's 29. We're jumping into March 1st. So, February 28th, March 1st, March 2nd, great time because Jupiter is going to be on top of Venus. It can bring a lot of understanding. So if I was a diplomat, I would ask actually around that time to try to create some compromises uh, between countries, between fractions. If you have some conflict in your life, definitely February 28th, January, uh, March 1st, March 2nd, a really good time to call a person to say I'm sorry or to try to kind of bring some kind of compromise, some balance. Jupiter on top of Venus can definitely make it happen for you. And because we have Venus and Mars sending beautiful energy, Venus and the Moon sending beautiful energy, it's great. And we also don't have any more that friction between the Sun and the Moon. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, great time to go out to get to, to enjoy yourself. Music, design, colors, relationship, diplomacy, um, anything that has to do with creating some kind of balance in your life. But it also is very good for finance. So anything to do with investments at that time, uh, pay attention because that's going to be a really good uh, flow of Jupiter hitting Venus. Like I said, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's once in a year. You should definitely use it. Remember, we talked about February 13, 14, 15. Venus was on top of Neptune back in Pisces. We talked about what happened in Valentine's Day with the AI and the chatbot and all that. Now we're going to have Jupiter on top of Venus, uh, which is even better uh, because it's in Aries, Venus is not as happy as she was a few weeks ago, but still, she's happy enough when she's so close to Jupiter. Of course, she would rather him uh, go with her to Pisces, but, you know, we can't always get what we want. But the idea is that Venus and Jupiter in Aries uh, connected to each other in a conjunction along with Vesta, which is really positive as well, because Vesta is literally there with them, and Chiron. Chiron is going to get more and more of that Jupiter vibes and Venus vibe happening this week and next week. We'll talk about it more next week. But Jupiter on top of Chiron is also very good time for healing because Jupiter is the 
Lord of uh, Sagittarius. Sagittarius is a centaur. The most celebrated centaur was Chiron, the wounded healer, who was the teacher and the healer of the gods. And when they come together, they create healing. When they come together in Aries, they help you heal your identity, your brand, if you want, how you see yourself, how other people see you, your physicality, your body, your personality. All of those things can really be fixed and changed when Jupiter is on top of Chiron. Again, this happens once every year approximately, and they're going to be in Aries as long as Chiron is going to be in Aries, and that's going to be for a long, long time, a few more years. So we have um, quite a lot of good vibe coming from Jupiter and Chiron. But again... Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, a great energy to achieve a lot of things. Now, we also have on Tuesday something very airy. Airy, I'm talking about Mercury and Saturn that are coming together closer and closer this week, uh, sending beautiful energy to Mars and the Moon. Uh, so that's going to happen on Tuesday only. And that means great connection to something to do with contracts. Uh, siblings could be healed if there is any issue with siblings uh, or brothers and sisters in arms. And also, we're going to have a pretty good, strong energy of concentrated mental effort in the second part of the week. So if you need to study something that's kind of heavy, if you need to learn something that is a little bit difficult, your Mercury sitting on top of Saturn at the end of this week, we'll talk about it, the dates in a second, is actually very good. The conjunction is going to start happening Wednesday, Thursday. And traditionally, Saturn on top of uh, Mercury, again, it's... Uh, happening once a year approximately and depends on the retrograde of Mercury. But now they are located in, in Aquarius. It's going to be the last time that Mercury is going to be on top of Saturn in Aquarius for 30 years. Okay, Last time it happened, we talked about it, the internet was created. The first files um, were sent on the www, first uh, audio files, video files, right? That was the early 90s. That's the last time we had Saturn on top of um, Mercury in that period of the three years, the same way that we had it for the last three years. So as Saturn moves away into Pisces on March 8, we're not going to have Mercury and Saturn meeting in a sign that Mercury is very comfortable with. And this is very much guiding the last three weeks. I don't know if you noticed, maybe we'll have some ability to talk about it a little bit right now. It depends on my battery and depends on my Wi-Fi and all that. If not, definitely next week. About how if you noticed... What's happening now with the Supreme Court and they're having to decide what's going to happen with um, a certain Internet laws that can affect how Internet is, is basically functioning. Not to mention the, the chatbots we talked about last week and the announcement on Wednesday that came up from Google about overcoming a big, big hurdle in the connection to quantum uh, computing. And... Remember, we've been talking a lot for the last three years, basically when Saturn moved into Aquarius in March of 2020, how Internet, technology, innovation are going to be very much in the spotlight in the next three years. And what I've noticed with planets and transits, whenever they move to a new house in your chart, whenever they move into a new sign in general, whenever they move out of a house in your chart or whenever they move out of a sign in general, their effect is the strongest. It's like when you greet somebody, you're so excited, you hug them, there's a physical connection. How are you? Great, blah, blah. You exchange, uh, you, you catch up. And then you have a few days together. Of course, you do a lot of things, but you have to go back to work. They have to do their own thing. Then at the end, it becomes very emotional. The goodbye, another hug. That's precisely how the planets are, as above, so below. So now that we're having Saturn in the last, what, uh, two weeks in Aquarius, the next time it's going to happen in 30 years from now, 
And we have Mercury kind of exalted. Mercury is exalted in Virgo, but a lot of astrologers see Mercury in Aquarius as also some form of exaltation, meaning that Mercury is getting the best energy possible. He's in Aquarius. Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius, so he has a special place there. They're coming together this week. You'll see again a lot of innovation. Uh, new studies are going to come, new publications, technology, and even in your own sphere, uh, in your own life, you're going to start feeling more and more connection to your AI friends, your artificial intelligence. And it's interesting because I've been talking about it for the last three years, since March 2020 when Saturn moved into Aquarius, December 2020 when we had Saturn and Jupiter conjunct together in the grand conjunction in Aquarius. And then we said how we're going to have Pluto moving in, in March 23rd into Aquarius for 20 years or so. That's a lot of Aquarius energy to deal with. And Aquarius is all about technology and innovation. And that's why I suggested in the book 2023 that we're entering the age of artificial intelligence and quantum mechanics. And just recently I read this article about literally they say the age of quantum artificial intelligence. They just combined the two. But the idea is that we are moving into this age right now. And again, it is a time to make peace or to make friends with your little digital machines because they are, let's say, the beginning of your cyber friends or what we talked about, the ability to maybe in the future, with the help of the good Lord, inshallah, uh, reincarnate into machines. But that's on a different time. We're going to talk about it um, probably in the future. Anyway, we are now having Mercury on top of Saturn on Tuesday. It's getting closer and closer to a conjunction Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Again, great time to connect to innovation, connect to technology, get a new computer, uh, really settle down and, and focus your mind of what is it that you want your message to be. Because when Mercury moves into Pisces, which is coming very soon, and then Saturn moving into Pisces, it's a different vibe. Mercury is considered to be in exile when it's in Pisces. Not very happy. It's more about illusions, deception. Saturn in Pisces, we'll talk about it uh, next week much more, uh, is also a little bit different kind of vibe. So uh, I hope today I can talk to you a little bit about what I feel happening with Saturn in Aquarius and connecting it much more to mysticism. But the idea is that we are at the edge of Aquarius, um, at least Saturn in Aquarius. But again, three weeks after, two weeks after Saturn moves away from Aquarius, Pluto moves into Aquarius. But that we'll talk next week. If we look forward to uh, March 1st, March 1st, we have beautiful trine, beautiful trine. If you look at the chart, if you're you know, at Zoom, at least you can look at the chart and see the beautiful chart. You can't see me. I'm not as beautiful as the chart anyway. And in uh, uh, the Instagram, you can see me, but you can't see the chart. But anyway, when I'm looking at the chart for Wednesday, what I see is a beautiful triangle. You can see that in Zoom. And in Instagram, people, you can always go to my bio and just click on the uh, first option there, the first under appearance, or maybe it's under uh, the Zoom. And then at least you can join in Instagram every week, but then you'll get the recording and you'll see all the charts I'm talking about. But because the moon is moving into Cancer on Wednesday, it's supported by Vesta, yeah, sorry, by um, Minerva or Pallas Athena, who is already in Cancer. The sun is in Pisces. The south node is in uh, Scorpio. That creates a beautiful trine. Trine, we talked about it, is the mountain of God. It's the ability to climb on that triangle that is formed between three heavenly bodies up high. So anytime you have a triangle, if you see a triangle in your chart, lucky you, you have a sacred mountain in your chart. And that basically means the ability to ascend. Or in a sense, you're initiate. You know, you're ascending upward. So Wednesday is a day of initiation. 
It's initiation into water because the sun is in Pisces, I imagine. Moon in Cancer, I feel. The south node in Scorpio, I transform. You can transform your feelings and your imagination. You can use imagination to transform your life. That's why visual um, creative visualization is going to be really strong for you guys on Wednesday and Thursday. So, again, great emotional days happening at that time. And you know what? The fact that uh, the Venus and Jupiter are right there in conjunction on Wednesday uh, is actually very positive, even though there's a little bit of a conflict between Venus and the Moon. So there could be some situation where younger women will be a little bit at war with older women or the clubber autoerotic woman inside of you is going to be clashing with the mother yin energy inside of you. So you might have some... Um, anima issues in your chart or in your in yourself you know the different types of feminine energies inside of you but overall it is an interesting period that we're going to have venus on top of jupiter right on wednesday again that conjunction is very very auspicious especially when it's blessed by that beautiful triangle just avoid uh, how can we say it um what do you need to avoid you know what avoid nothing things will be avoided by you or with you so you don't have to think about it too much i just want you to enjoy wednesday as much as you can with that jupiter venus conjunct and with that beautiful trine between the sun and the moon which is always good news it's always an ability to get satisfaction well, we have on um, thursdays i think the last day of mercury in aquarius you'll see that that's the time we we have the perfect conjunction of mercury and saturn so this week it's a very intense week because whenever you have conjunctions, meaning two planets aligned together, they kind of change their colors and they become a new planet. And it's a planet that is kind of created and destroyed very, very fast. What I'm saying is that on Wednesday and Thursday, maybe even also on Friday a little bit, yeah, you have Mercury and Saturn combining forces together in Aquarius. So that means that we have a new planet, a planet that is heavier and slower than regular mercury but faster than regular saturn and that means that your mind is very quick quick witting witty uh, intelligent coming up with great solutions to problems a very very good time uh, to write or at least to start some writing because look at that we have on 29 degrees mercury and saturn conjunct while we have jupiter and venus conjunct 12 degrees 12 is always very auspicious so we have so many conjunctions happening at the same time. Venus and Chiron conjunct on Wednesday. Venus and Jupiter conjunct on Wednesday. Jupiter and Chiron conjunct on Wednesday. Saturn and Mercury conjunct on Wednesday. The Moon and the, and the um, uh, Athena conjunct on Wednesday and Thursday. Sorry. So Wednesday, Thursday, we have tons of conjunction. When there is so many conjunction, it's intense energy. It's almost like having a lot of people at the same time or the same place or having a lot of atoms um, pushing and moving around in a very small place, which is heated up. Um, it is a little bit of a recipe for violence, to be honest. Uh, that's what happened in studies when they put a lot of mice together in the same room or you put a lot of people in the same room that seems to be too small for them. Um, and especially if there are a lot of fire signs there, there's going to be a lot of movement. Therefore, people bumping against each other. At first, they say, pardon, pardon, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Eventually, they punch each other. So, again, the, the dark side, if you want, of March 1st and March 2nd, even though Jupiter is conjunct Venus, is that overload of intensity. So, again, just be a little bit more careful with that intensity that is happening to us on Wednesday and Thursday with the super conjunctions that are happening. 
Again, the moon in Cancer guiding us through this conjunction always makes sense. The moon is kind of our guide because she moves the fastest between planets. Uh, signs, sorry. So what she's always when she's pointing, she's pointing at the solution. So there might be a lot of problems, but what is the solution? Moon in Cancer. What is Cancer? I feel home, family. So try to be more connected to home, family, more connected to people that emotionally are linked to you. And don't be overreactive or over-emotional in certain situations that might surface with all of these conjunctions. On Friday, we are still having that uh, conjunction uh, of, um, uh, you know, let's say this, Jupiter and Venus, Venus and Chiron are conjunct on Friday. So Friday could be a little bit more injury-oriented, especially in relation to relationship. What I'm saying is that there was maybe some kind of high on Wednesday and Thursday. Friday, we might have to be returning to a reality because Venus on top of Chiron means that certain, let's say, injuries or insecurities about relationships, even about finance, might be coming up. So there might be some bad news maybe coming up on Friday for finance. But overall, when you have your Venus on top of Jupiter, it should be overriding it and it should actually be much easier and much better to handle. Uh, so, again, Friday is a little bit of a strange day because Mercury is changing signs. When Mercury changes signs, there's always a little bit of an adjustment, especially when he goes from the high uh, fixed air sign Aquarius and it descends down into Pisces, which is its fallen sign. So Mercury, which is the angel, which is the messenger of the gods, you know, uh, Michael or Saint Michael or the Archangel Michael is associated with Mercury. And if Mercury was in Aquarius, flying out there in the air sign, and suddenly he is uh, falling down because he's going into Pisces, which is the deep sea, he's kind of like going into the abyss. You have a fallen angel situation on Friday. Great. Especially without Venus on top of Chiron. Sounds great. But especially now that I look at it with the moon conjuncting the black moon on Friday. So yeah, do your dating on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and avoid Friday and Saturday because the moon being conjunct with the black moon while we're having the fall of Mercury until it adjusts in Pisces, you know, it's okay. It's like he's landing there and he's crashing into the water. It's going to take him time to kind of come up and start uh, uh, swimming or transforming the spacecraft into um, a ship so or a boat. It will take him time, a few days usually to adjust. But we see that on Friday that Venus-Chiron uh, conjunct can be a little bit intense. Uh, then on um, Saturday, March 4th, the conjunction is still very, very strong between Venus and Chiron. Again, there is some kind of emotional things coming up out of uh, uh, relationships. Now, it doesn't always have to be bad things because Chiron, after all, is not a destroyer. Usually people who are destroyed are coming to him. So it's a great time for um, couple therapy. It's a great time to sit down and find compromises. Again, because Venus is on top of Jupiter still, and Jupiter being on top of Chiron, the wounded healer, and Jupiter and Chiron being on top of Venus, relationship, relationship can be healed. So I'm not saying avoid any kind of connection with people, but if you need a day to sit down with your partner and say, you know what, I'm feeling insecure about this or that, or if you're thinking about a time to make your first appointment with your uh, a therapist, couple therapist, it's great. And I'm not talking only about uh, lovers. It could be couples in connection to work uh, that you're working together or couples can also be uh, any significant other anybody that you might have some issue it could also be a good good friend that you need some healing with 
And the reason why I'm saying there is more healing on Saturday compared to Friday, because the moon moving into Leo is actually going to be activating in a very good way, a trine, which is flow, to Vesta, to Jupiter, to Chiron, to Venus. So that's going to be a good time because also the moon is touching the black moon. It brings from our self-shadow or from our shadow a lot of uh, things that needs to be healed and fixed. And the moon being in Leo shines the light. So it is a very powerful time to find out what is not working in some relationships around us. And because Jupiter is on top of Chiron, Chiron on top of Venus, to heal them. So that would be a good thing to do on Saturday. And the Sunday after we have, which is uh, what, March 5, we have the moon in Leo. It's actually things are starting to line up a little bit. Venus is escaping the grip of uh, Chiron. And um, that's going to be a little bit easier to handle with Venus. Because remember, we have Mercury in his fallen sign. Venus is in exile. So it's not the easiest time for the planets uh, coming up. But Mercury being in Pisces now for three weeks is really good for intuition. It's very good for everything to do with imagination. Uh, the combination of writing and communication with imagination, fantasy, things, seeing things beyond the veil in a way. So it's a great time for a meditation, great time for yoga, any kind of movement. That will be very good for the next three weeks with Mercury in Pisces. And also on Sunday, March 5, Mercury is sending a sextile to the North Node, a trine to the South Node. And that means knowledge from past lifetime coming to you from the past and also igniting ideas or insights or some kind of passion for something as well in the future. It's meaning that you can take things that you might have done in past lifetime or get glimpses of that through dreams, through meditation, through coincidences and be directed towards something new that you need to study, that's the North Node, at the same time. So that will be actually very, very nice. So what I wanted to um, say, a few things I wanted to say. First of all, um, let's see if I can uh, share with you. I put in, as I always do, the links to the classes I'm going to do. The class on the power of your name is going to happen in uh, March 21st, right on the new moon. Uh, if you are in LA, please join us. It's going to be a fun class of Kabbalah on March 4, which is coming up. Uh, but that's going to be only in um, LA if you are there and if you're not snowed out. And also we're going to have a webinar on Kabbalah, but we limited it for 26 people so we can really work personally. It's a three-hour intensive on Kabbalah and the Tree of Life. It's going to be March 31st from 3.30 p.m. In, in Los Angeles time. There's going to be a recording, but because it's limited to 26 people, it's better if you can actually be present. And we're going to talk about uh, the story of creation, Kabbalah, and also how to work to make things happen for yourself in life using the tree of life. So the power of the name is definitely on webinars, so you can join anywhere and you're going to get a recording. What I wanted to say, first of all, about this place, Yucatan, you know, it's kind of interesting because I do try to meditate in places that I go to just to kind of feel the flow, the energy. One thing is very interesting about this land here, uh, Yucatan, which is the southern part of uh, uh, Mexico. It's Maya land, basically. Uh, just um, yesterday I went on a run. I'm just talking about five minutes run to uh, that direction. Actually, you come to the port, the Mayan ruins uh, of the port, and it was walled. And that's why they suspect Tulum basically means the fence or the wall. And it's kind of interesting because meditating is ruled by, in Kabbalah, by 
the chariot uh, by Chet in Hebrew, in the Hebrew letter that is associated with um, um, with uh, the card of the chariot or the or the or, or cancer, the sign is Chet, and Chet also means the wall. So it's kind of interesting that in uh, Hinduism we have the story of Arjuna and Krishna learning, teaching, learning everything there is to know about mysticism, about life in general, on a chariot. We have Maasya Merkava, the earliest form of Kabbalah is the working of the of the uh, chariot. Again, Maasya Merkava, which is Ezekiel 1, we talked about it quite a lot. It's also associated with chariot. And the chariot in Kabbalah and in Hinduism is associated with meditation because it's travel without movement. Talked about it. It's associated with cancer because my feeling is that the first time we meditated was in our mother's womb when we traveled with her because she had to go to places without movement because we were stuck in the in the um, in her womb. So that was our first experience of meditation in the mother's womb. Wombs are ruled by cancer. Mothers are ruled by cancer. Anyway. Tulum is a fence and it was a time that it was a place where it was bound by fences. Again, cancer is associated with the shell. So it's kind of interesting because I've learned that under Yucatan, that's why we have so many cenoteses here, um, is a whole, it's a river, a huge river of uh, uh, sweet water. I think it's the biggest or the, the most... Um, prolific if you can call it a river like that underground river that's why if you dig sometimes here through the limestone you're going to see these beautiful caves i went to visit a few of them yesterday and meditating with them is great but when you meditate with the mayan ruins it's getting a little bit more uh, ruined uh, the reason why is because of something we call karma action and reaction in those pyramids in those cultures here in mesoamerica it was very popular to sacrifice humans i don't know what's worse actually sacrificing people or humans or sacrificing anything but anyway in um, right here they used to sacrifice people usually by beheading and then taking the heart out in the Aztec they just took the heart out why bother with taking uh, the head out but anyway there's a little bit of echoes of karma here but what makes this place very special I think for me and I think that that might have been the reason why the, even the Mayans dis even subconsciously uh, came here is because of um, what happened 66 million years ago. As you know, some of you know, a crater that was uh, 10 kilometer wide, 10 kilometer wide, yeah, uh, fell from the sky, which is where usually asteroids come from, and landed right at the Yucatan Peninsula, not too far. Like I am located right here in Tulum, um, and this is right here, very, very close. And this is an underground cra crater, if you can look at my what I'm looking at, uh, which is very, very wide. It's, a, it's more than 140 kilometers, uh, just the width of that crater. So when that thing fell down 66 million years ago, it basically created a chain reaction that ended up in the destruction of, oops, of um, uh, the dinosaurs. So the dinosaur's age ended, which allowed uh, our ancestors, if you can call them like that, little mammals that somehow managed to sneak between the uh, uh, dinosaur's nails and feet, uh, to start evolving slowly until they reached their ape shape and until they reached Homo erectus and until Homo sapiens sapiens came to be. So there is something special about this place here because without the crater without uh, that asteroid falling down here, we will not be here, meaning that humans will not be part of um, planet Earth, for good or for bad, you know. But anyway, I think that when I meditated, I, I recognized the fact that, yes, out of destruction comes life. 
out of um, the night come the day. So that's part of this uh, energy here. It's almost as if the dinosaurs were sacrificed and humans were sacrificed. Um, and uh, hopefully the next crater... No, I think that maybe we can um, avoid other crater uh, catastrophes in the future. I don't think our problems will be with craters. I think our problems will be with, um, uh, with us, with our inner craters. But anyway, that's a little bit about Yucatan, where I am right now. Um, but what I really wanted to see if we can talk about is what's going on in the news and in connection to Saturn being in Aquarius. So first of all, in America right now, which is... With the, not America, sorry, because I'm in America anyway and I'm in Mexico. But in the United States right now, the Supreme Court is dealing or heard arguments in the last week about Section 230, which is funny enough, only 26 words long. And you know that in Kabbalah, in Kundalini Yoga, 26 is associated with God. Even in uh, numerology, G-O-D, if you calculate, you'll see it's 26. But anyway, these 26 words basically made possible the Internet. And they were written in part of the... Um, a Communication Decency Act as Section 230. 230 is always problematic in numerology uh, because 230 adds up to 5. 5 is arguments. So obviously it was a law that was um, from the beginning, its conception had a little problematic thing and probably somehow decided, you know what, 230 is a good name for it because 5 adds up to um, uh, conflicts and problems. Oh, of course, Section 230 came before uh, 31 and after 229, but never mind. But anyway, in Section 230, tech companies involved in litigation have cited a 27... Yeah, so what happened in uh, under Section 230, website enjoy immunity for moderating content uh, in the way they see fit, not according to other preferences, although the federal government can still sue platform for violating criminal or intellectual property laws. That's from CNN. I took that from their website. Anyway, Section 230, if you read it, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by other information uh, content providers. So basically... Twitter or Instagram or Facebook cannot be sued for you putting some posts or publishing posts on their publishing tool that might be uh, problematic. And of course, uh, you have people on the right and people on the left trying to deal with this Section 230, um, and there's a lot of lawsuits now running around uh, the system. But anyway, the interesting thing is that in 1996 is when that 26 words came to life and basically created the platform in which the internet could grow into the place it is today. Without this, nobody would post anything, nobody would use the internet, and we wouldn't have even the internet so developed to help us with the pandemic that started in March 2020 when Saturn first time in 30 years moved into Aquarius. And I told you the last two weeks, three weeks of Saturn before it moves out of Aquarius uh, is also very, very dramatic. We talked about it last week with the chatbot. And um, uh, the story about the split personality of the Bing search engine, the bar that made such a big deal and cost uh, uh, Google so many millions of dollars, billions maybe. So the idea is that this law came to be precisely a Saturn return ago. 1996 is, of course, 27 years. And Saturn return happens 27 to 31 years so now the internet is going through the or the laws of the internet is going through a saturn return that's why there is a revaluation same way that we reevaluate who we are after a saturn return of existing 
that's 27 to the age of 27 to 30. We also do that again when we're 56 to 60, and if we make it 86, 87 to 90. So this is why this is now so dominant in the zeitgeist, in the spirit of the time. Everybody's trying to figure out how is the internet going to be. And remember last week we talked about the big changes that the search engine, the chatbots search engine actually pose to to providers like Google who relies on links and ads, right? Now they're not going to have that or Facebook. So if we're going to move to that chatbot that also has the danger of spreading misinformation and giving us wrong information, we are changing dramatically how we access information and how we share information. And that's, of course, part of the section 230. So you can see it manifested. And it's always fascinating for me to find astrology in the news and to see how these qualities are or these ideas of archetypes manifest in the here and now. We said, as above, so below. So Saturn being in Aquarius, Aquarius is the ruler of technology, innovation, and the future. Now everybody's talking about how is the future going to be influenced by the past based on the cycle of Saturn. And we said Saturn is in Aquarius and Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius. Um, another thing that happened, February 13, this was the, uh, the cover of Time magazine. And it says there, a quantum leap, a machine can solve problems in seconds that used to take years. The future of computing is here. That's all on, the, on what I'm reading from the um, cover of Time magazine last week. Again, Saturn in Aquarius, we talked about it. The age of quantum, the age of artificial intelligence. Last week, we covered the chatbot. Let's look at quantum computer and the age of quantum artificial intelligence. So on Wednesday, I'm quoting here at Google Research, a major milestone in um, making computer computing. It's uh, by Juliet Cullen. Anyway, Google scientists said Wednesday, last Wednesday, they have passed a major milestone in their quest to develop effective quantum computing with a new study showing they re reduced the rate of errors. Uh, long, it was an obstacle in computing. So what happened with computing, uh, with, uh, with quantum, quantum computing, is that instead of using bits, which can be either masculine or feminine, zero, one, open circle, closed circle, right? So it's very precise. It can work in any temperature. Your laptop, uh, I mean, you shouldn't put it in the sun. I have to be careful. And you shouldn't put it in the sand, sa sun and sand. Uh, you shouldn't put it in water. Yeah, there is limitation to our laptops and our computers. But overall, it works with ed temperatures, normal temperatures that human can work in. And they're stable. They're right. There is no question. Zero, one, true, false. I mean, information can be problematic, but the computer is going to give you always two plus two is equal four. There's not going to be misinformation and sometimes will give you three or five. There is no noise whatsoever. What the quantum computing does, it works with qubits and qubits can actually be either zero or one or uh, whatever that basically either zero or one. So if you have two qubits, it can come up with four options for values they call it and that reminds me basically of the uh, heart sutra of the buddha remember all of these technologies started becoming very very dominant from 2018 when uranus the planet that rules aquarius the planet of technology moved into taurus and let's quote another taurus uh, the lord buddha siddhartha the heart sutra he tells us form is emptiness emptiness is form form is form emptiness is emptiness that's basically how you get into four values from two options emptiness zero or form one 
So with the qubits, you can get four of them, just like in the Heart Sutra. If you have 20 qubits, you can get million values, and it grows and grows and grows. So the only problem with computing, quantum computing is because you're dealing with such tiny little particles, they are susceptible to noise. Noise, they're talking about decoherence, meaning that any little thing can disturb it. So that's why we have to put the computer surrounded with almost um, getting to the ultimate ultimate the absolute zero to get so close to the absolute freezing point so that's not very practical you're not going to carry a refrigerator every time you want to make computation but the idea is that that's the major problem a that it has to be in such a cool place and b to avoid that noise but really it's all about that noise that decoherence what they call and what they did this uh, week is that they managed to overcome, that's the milestone, a lot of that issue or decrease the error rate. Now, when you hear about error and fixing, immediately it brings up the Luria eh, Kabbalah and the idea that from the 15th, 16th century, from the, from the city of Tzfat in Israel, we have Kabbalah being upgraded, updated in a sense, and a new terminology comes into Kabbalah, which is the idea of Tikkun meaning that creation had decoherence, it had noises, it had fractions there that needs to be fixed. So our job is to help fix creation. If you want, fix God. I know it's a revolutionary, and it was a pretty intense um, milestone in the development of mysticism in general and Kabbalah, because right after Luria, it became very, very dominant also in Christian and Muslim Kabbalah. So meaning the Kabbalah started spreading all over because it was such a powerful system to reduce that error, these noises, this decoherence. So it's almost as if every process of creation, first we, we vomit something. You know, I know that as a writer. Um, I wrote my three books of young adults I wrote in the pandemic in one year. But it was full of decoherence and noises. And I'm still editing now. I finished editing the first book. I'm now editing the second book. It's going to take me a long time. So the creation, a lot of time we have that moment of falling in love. Right? You fall in love. Everything is amazing. That's the creation. It's Leo energy. Leo is all about creativity, love, happiness. Great. But then comes the period after falling in love when you have to start dealing with the noise the noise is he snores the noise is uh, uh she's very dirty the noise is i don't like her mother the noise is oops we're different religion we have a fear issue now how to raise the kids that's the decoherence in the system that needs to be fixed needs to be rectified needs to go to um, therapy so the idea is that the same thing is happening with quantum computing because as above so below uh, the same way that god created us in our own in god's own image and we had to go through a process of tikkun the same thing also is happening with computers. We have created this mega computer that can calculate things way faster. You know, uh, Google, uh, was it? Yeah, Google in 2019, just after uh, Uranus moved into Taurus, talked about it. And that was happening in 2018, but more in 2019. And it's going to be there until 2026, which I think the error is going to go reduced and reduced and reduced because when Uranus moves into Gemini, that's going to be a big, for seven years, it's going to be a big boost of uh, energy to computing in general. I mean, Gemini is the sign of computing as well. So what we're talking about is a time of fixing of errors, fixing the uh, noises that occur in these kind of systems. And basically, that's why I meant by how Saturn in Aquarius is teaching us a lot, not only about how computers or quantum computers might be working, 
It's not something that only can be published in Nature magazine. It's something that can also be published in psychological or mythological or mystical magazines. The idea is that creation always involved uh, bringing out something and then taking the noise out. Editing, basically. So that's um, something that now in the age of quantum technology, especially when Pluto, Lord of Death and Resurrection, Transformation, is going to move into Aquarius, the sign of computing, it will make a lot of um, changes. Now, the idea about the difference between qubits and um, bits is that let's say there is a mouse and mice, mouse, mouse, and the mouse wants to get after uh, going through a maze to his cheese. If it is a regular computer, a computer that has zero one, it will have to test all of the options, one after the other, trial and error, turn left, no, it's not there, turn right, no, 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 go back, 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 okay, turn up, it's going to take a long time for the mouse, he might die from hunger or something else. In, in qubits, what happens is this, there is something called superpositions, it's a beautiful concept. It's the idea that everything is everywhere at the same time, like oneness, in a sense. Uh, like what uh, Mystic talks about as pantheism. You know, everything, God is everywhere. Everything is possible. God is everything. Until you observe something, when you pay attention to something, when you notice something, when you name something, then that something becomes separated from that superposition, separated from oneness, and suddenly that thing, that person, that city, that country, that product has a brand, has an ego in a sense. It's observed. It can be touched. It can be taken. It can be used. So the idea is that superposition means that if, uh, if a, a quantum computer wants to help the mice, basically it will see everything at the same time, all of the options immediately. It doesn't have to go through trial and error. It's almost as if at the same moment it's using all of the options of the mouse going, and then it collapses into the actual right path for the mice to get to his cheese, and it's going to get it super fast. So that's the same thing I thought about it. Uh, as we are as souls, you know, as souls, we are part of that oneness. The minute we are born and we collapse, let's say the minute we are conceived and one uh, zero and one one meet together, one egg and one sperm come together and we start growing, that's when we're starting to collapse in a sense from the ability to be everything to have a specific chart when you're born and that's it. You have a name now, you have your chart, you have your position you're no longer a superposition you're no longer a super being you're no longer a superhero you're no longer part of that one you are you collapsed into um, a value that's what we'll call you a value and my value is gal you know and and i have uh, uh, different ways to compute or to quantify this value you know my age my weight i don't know iq um, a credit card uh, debt whatever these are collapses of the one into the many. So I just wanted to kind of share with you these kind of things because when quantum computers come to that place, you know, um, what was it? Yeah, Sycamore. It, it, Google in 2019 basically managed to create a computer called Sycamore. It, was, um, it had 54 cute, um, qubits and it claimed that this one has um, um, the ability or this computer supposedly could calculate in 200 seconds what would be a normal supercomputer it will have to take 10,000 years so that's part of uh, IBM of course which a competitor said it's not true but it doesn't matter the idea is that we are moving forward faster and faster into that age so that's what I wanted to share with you guys um, and uh, kind of um, 
make you think maybe a little bit different about things. I'm sorry, I'm good. my batteries are getting out, so I have to say goodbye before uh, I collapse. Um, Saturn moves out of uh, Aquarius on um, uh, March 8. It's moving into Pisces. We'll talk about it next week. So again, thanks a lot for everybody. And um, uh, thanks for bearing with me as I travel to crazy places that have been blown up 66 billion years ago. And I hope you have um, an amazing end of Saturn in Aquarius. And next week, with the help of the good Lord and other helps, we will talk about um, Saturn in Pisces. Thanks a lot.